welcome to the How Could You Podcast. I'm Lauren Tossie. And I'm Ryan Tossie, where I'm still a million bucks away from being a millionaire. That's some seriously accurate math. Spot on. You know, it is nearing Thanksgiving time. Yes, happy Turkey Purge Day. Please don't make that a thing. Let's get the siren rolling. That is so not okay. (laughs) But we wanted to do a Thanksgiving movie-themed episode. Yeah, we love to theme out an episode. Of course. But, y'all, there are not a lot of Thanksgiving movies. (laughs) We struggled on this. It's a really shallow (laughs) pool because what a lot of movies do is whenever, if you type into, like, YouTube or Google or wherever, you know, best Thanksgiving movies, a lot of times it's scenes from movies, like the iconic scene from Big Chill. Um, Or there's, like, a very small scene in You've Got Mail or When Harry Met Sally, not to Meg Ryan theme all of this, but... There's not a lot of dedicated Thanksgiving-only movies. I agree. TV seems to have gotten their act together with this. Tons of wonderful Thanksgiving TV episodes. Yeah, but for some reason, film is kind of like, no, we don't want to base a movie around a two-hour meal. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? That would be riveting. No. What's what's your favorite side dish? My favorite side dish? Ooh, um, stuffing. It's your mom's recipe for stuffing, and I love it. And it's... It's margarine and butter and bread. And I'm some so sp- happy my sister Erica taught you how to make that because that is <laughs> literally my favorite as well. But your mashed potatoes, awesome as well. I do make some tight mashed potatoes. I'm proud of myself. I'm very proud of you too. <laughs> my husband's a five-year-old. If you can compose yourself, can I ask you, do you have some favorite Thanksgiving movies? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, all three of them. I, <laughs> I think our three um, are probably the same. Too. I mean, there's out of doubt the best that I know you and I are on in agreement on this. There's no question about it. It's Home for the Holidays. Home for the Holidays. If you have not seen this, it is Robert Downey Jr. and Holly Hunter. And it directed is... Directed by Jodie Foster. Yes. And it is one of the funniest most endearing, authentic portrayals of family dynamics that you will ever watch. And if you've been around us, we quote this movie so frequently. I mean, it's legit one of my, if not my favorite holiday movie out of all of the holidays. Oh, wow. Yes. I, I mean, it's just that good. It's hilarious. Robert Downey Jr., I mean, I hate to say it, but as prime drug years, he's just hitting it out of the park. <laughs> Why did you have to make it about the... But it is really his prime drug years. Yes. But it's such an... His performance in it is so incredibly, like, nuanced. He's so, good. he's so good. It's so... There are moments in it where they will, like, crack your heart in two and then just bring you right back to yeah, the laughter. Yeah, and use that authentic. I think that's... that's Even if your dynamic is not exactly... Like, you watch that film and you know it so many pieces of it. You feel so many pieces of it. You you are those characters. Every part of those characters, you either know them or you are them. It's just... Yeah. yeah. And it's all about, like, familial microaggressions. Yeah. Like, stuff that you're just like... Oh yeah, I've been in that moment. Like it's it's really it's such a great film and it's and it's very sweet. It's very sweet natured and it is solidly about Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just made the joke about not making a movie about 2 hours about a meal, but that's what that is. That really is what that movie and it is. Works. Highly um, recommend if you if you're listening and you've never seen that, please check out Home for the Holidays. Yeah, I could not I don't know why it doesn't get the recognition, the more recognition with it. And the cast is stellar. Oh, it's like such you're a great not even cast. talking about. I mean, you have Claire Danes in it. Yep. Um, um and Bankrupt. Mrs. Robinson, you know, like, I mean, you just, yeah, the cast is outstanding. So it's, if you have not seen it, how How could could you you not have seen seen it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, other movies, um, I know you and I, every Thanksgiving Eve, uh, we put on Pieces of April. Which is like kind of an indie bummer, but has the best soundtrack Oh my God, the soundtrack's so good. We always listen to it during our meal on Thanksgiving. Yeah, because it's so good. So it's Katie Holmes... Um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on who plays the mom? Uh, Patricia Clarkson. And then and Oliver Platt Oliver plays Platt. the dad. Yeah, so good. It's such a great movie. It's again, so it's it's so it's an independent film. It definitely has that vibe. Um I'm just, I apologize. I can't remember the two. Uh, well, because they went on. They were both in the newsroom the together. Newsroom, and, and he was in Hush. And yeah. Yeah. So. It's, and I apologize. Their names are falling out of my head, too. But it's a very, it's a little bit of a harder movie in that it definitely hits differently. There's some comedic, like, kind of, like, comedy of errors that often happens when you're preparing, like, a Thanksgiving meal. 
but um, it's it, it definitely works, and it's a good Thanksgiving movie. But it's it's got a little bit it's more serious in tone than Home for the Holidays. After that, we have a serious drop in Thanksgiving yeah. films. I mean, I was writing this list down, and it's like you said, most of these are like scenes. Like, I mean, people put the blind side on there. I mean, it's not that great of a movie to begin with. And then it's just a scene, so yeah, I don't think just that a scene. should count. Um, you know, Funny People's a movie that has a big Thanksgiving scene. It's one of my favorite Thanksgiving yeah. scenes, but it's such a small piece of that entire film. That film's not real loved. I know you and I really like two-thirds of the film. It's about 20 um, minutes too long, so it's a Judd yeah, Apatow movie. Right. There's a point where it should end, literally. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. It decides to attack on this other 20 minutes. But and, it has one of the most heartfelt performances from Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler in that one scene where they're listening to Keep Me In Your Heart. Oh my gosh. That scene hits and it hits well. It's, I mean, you and I talk about Adam Sandler a lot with this where you and I are not big fans of his comedy, but when he does his few dramatic roles, he's so good. And Funny People, ironically enough, is one of his more dramatic roles. And he's so good in that up until, again... There's that, yeah, there's just like a... weird 20 back minutes to it that just doesn't work to the rest of the tone of the film to me. It's a a weird third act. And I don't think it, like, ruins the movie, but back on topic to Thanksgiving... it does have a very good... It does have a very good Thanksgiving Yeah, which is all about a Friendsgiving, which then kind of gets you into the TV. Yes. Right? I mean... Well, hold on, you are forgetting about a crucial Thanksgiving movie we watch in this house. And that movie is called <laughs> Thanksgiving House. It is a Hallmark original. Yeah. And I will never apologize for loving that movie. It is probably terrible. So much to the point I found you the shadiest DVD version of it. So I want to know what it. like what like dregs of the internet you had it's to go to to find I work it. in fraud at my bank, so <laughs> I won my card. But it's essentially it's a local, very handsome, um, you know, history teacher um, is trying to unearth where the original site of the first Thanksgiving is, and he's doing it via soil samples. And you know, uh, smart as a whip, high energy attorney <laughs> from the big city. Her aunt has passed and she has inherited the house that may be the spot where the first Thanksgiving occurred. And there, there's a woman in it called the Inquisitive Pilgrim. Well, her it name's is, not that. That's, that's her paper. I'm sorry. What's, what's her name in the movie? Go ahead. Go ahead. Girl from Cabin Fever? No, because when you realized it was her in Cabin Fever, you went, oh my God, that's the Inquisitive Pilgrim. Your words, not mine. She's the Inquisitive Pilgrim. She is her publication. The movie has such, it's, I mean, it's a Hallmark movie, so there's so much cheese to it, but I agree with you. It's, I like it. But I think still TV really is the, where you want to go for the uh, Thanksgiving episodes, right? Oh, that's true. Bob's so Burgers true. has a yes. great couple. Um, Friends, obviously, is the, the most essential, iconic, iconic yeah. um, you know, nine excellent episodes that just keep getting funnier. Yes. <laughs> and then... Well, there's that one, because season two is like the weird mocklet year. Right. Where it wasn't really That's before fully. they realized that they had something with the had Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and then WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, yes! The turkey drop! The turkey drop is about the funniest five to ten minutes of TV I've ever seen. Yeah, just the narration <laughs> of what's happening yeah. as the turkeys are dropping is, like, so it's fantastic. horrible and hilarious. Oh, my God. I, I'm, again, highly recommend if you've never seen that episode, even if you're not a fan of WKRP in Cincinnati or any of, you know, even that type of television, find that episode, watch it for Thanksgiving. It's 20 minutes. You'll laugh. Hysterically. Good call. Yeah. So, in talking about like iconic Thanksgiving movies, there tends to be one that is always at the top there of the, the list. And it is the John Hughes film, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. So, interesting story behind this. John Hughes draws a lot of uh, uh, from life inspiration, as often documented, that like when he was making films like The Breakfast Club and 16 Candles. He wanted to draw on his experiences of what it was like to be a teenager and like really make sure he could present that accurately on film. And Planes, Trains, and Automobiles actually comes from he was on a flight from New York to Chicago and same exact circumstances, which is the setup of this movie. Um, it gets diverted because of bad weather and they land in Wichita and he, it took him five days 
to get to Chicago, having to use different modes of transportation and just like how frustrating the whole process was and how like, you know, if you think about the time in which he would have been doing this, so it's like the mid 80s, you don't have access to technology in the ways in which we do now. So there was a lot of like having to like go to counters. Like you think about if this happened now, oh, there'd be like a right. totally different process as to which those happened. So this comes like very much from like, his like real experiences of being like waylaid. Now, I don't think it was at a holiday time. I think it was just the experience of that. And he decides to put this like within, you know, that added pressure of needing to get home in time for Thanksgiving, which is the setup of, you know, Steve Martin, who is a marketing executive on a business trip in New York City, wants to get home to Chicago to see his family. Um, and, you know, has the poor misfortune of, of getting stuck in Wichita without really modes of transportation to get home. And then, you know, obviously shenanigans ensue. Hilarity ensues. Hilarity ensues. You know, so I, and, and looking up a lot of, you know, trying to look up things about the production of this film, you know, it's interesting. Like they tried to film it in Chicago, but Chicago actually had like an unseasonably warm winter at the time in which they were filming. So they had to film in Buffalo, New York. Nice. Um, and so there was actually like an abandoned strip of highway. That's like, you know, where they used for a lot of like the scenes where we're seeing them in the car Not to spoil things. Well, I'm sure we'll later talk about, um, and, you know, this film was supposed to be rated PG, but because of 18 one. uses <laughs> in one, one, one minute, everything. one minute, 18 uses of one word takes us to a hard, hard rating. Um, and this, so this is a film that because now again, as we're talking about, it centers around Thanksgiving, although we don't, you know, fully see the fruition of the Thanksgiving celebration. It's all about getting home and spending time with family and connecting over the holidays and the importance of gathering during this time. So I'll ask, Ryan Tossi, how could you not have seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? I think I was watching Paint Dry. Oh! <laughs> you, did the thing. you know, for my Steve Martin and John Candy fans who are listening... Hold on! He'll apologize for any of the comments he's saying later on. <laughs> You know I love John Candy. I know you love you John Candy. You know I Candy. love Steve Martin. I would, I would think you're morally bankrupt if you don't love and Steve Martin. And for the most part, I love John Hughes. Is this a notable... Oh, God. This movie is just boring to tears. Oh, no! <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you. So I'm asking how could you not have seen this up until this point. So why hadn't you seen this prior? Given that you love Steve Martin, given that you love John Candy, given that you love John Hughes... How did you miss this one? And also, wait, given that you really love Thanksgiving, how did you miss this movie? <laughs> Tip my hand on that one. Um, <laughs> I don't have an answer. I'd love to sit there and give you this answer like, oh, I didn't want to see it or anything like that. And, and I don't know. I, I, perhaps, again, we, we make the joke that we forget about things. If I did see it, um, if I did, it was probably because... And I don't remember it. It's probably because of how I feel about it now. It was probably the same I felt at it at the time. But I have I don't remember seeing it. Um, you know, it would have been about I think eight when this movie came out. So nineteen eighty seven. So yeah, it would have been seven. Um, and I I mean I did watch a lot of you know John Candy at an early age. Um, so that would have not deterred me. I don't really have a specific answer. It just doesn't seem like it was just one that people around. I don't. We talked. You talked about this being on list, and I yes. agree with you. Like uh, in researching this, and even prior to researching this, looking for things because you and I love theming everything every yes. month. So every year, I'm looking at these lists of what's the best Thanksgiving movies, and you're completely right. Planes, trains, and automobiles almost always gets put up the top. Um, but I don't know that many people around me that talk about it. So even if they've seen it, it's not something that seems to be this completely revered, you know, film of, you know, my base of family and or friends. Um, so there's not that connection with it. I don't have any recollection of seeing it. And then the first time you and I ever watched it was last year. Mm -hmm. And I was underwhelmed at the time. But I am completely somebody that give second chances. I will say, and I, and, and this is something, and I don't often understand it. If we don't like a movie, you will always say, but we have to watch it a second time, which I hate because I'm like, well, if I didn't like it, I'm going to trust my, I'm arrogant enough to trust my gut on something on its first go round. Um, there's one particular notable exception of a film that I did not like the first time around. And the second time I ended up loving it. I would defend that film to the hilt now, which is once upon a time in Hollywood. That is my biggest, gotcha. like, yeah, I, my, my complete perspective of that film turned the second time I watched it. Um, but 
you know, I remember watching this with you last Thanksgiving and your reaction being so bland. Like you didn't get mad at it. You didn't love it. You just were like, okay, Thank it happens. And I'm glad you said that because yes, I think that should that's important to get out there right off the bat. I don't dislike this movie. Um, there's not anything that came out going, oh, this was terrible. It, you know, anything like that. There was nothing offensive in it to it. You know, there was nothing like that. Which, it, when you're talking about 80s comedies, it's really hard. Especially John Hughes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, which is, you know, something you... This was supposed to be John Hughes month for us. Yes, because spoiler alert audience, in the new year, Ryan and I both have a pretty big gap in our John yes. Hughes knowledge that we're going to be filling in the new year. <laughs> but I have a feeling the movie's a little problematic. Right, there's some <laughs> things that we haven't figured out how we want to address because there are problems in it, you know? And But this isn't that film. No, like, this, this film, isn't that at all. No, no yeah. there's not that at all. The movie is very family-friendly other than, like you said, one scene. Um, it's, it's a... And there's... Nothing wrong with the performances. Uh, Steve Martin is, is you know, kind of hitting all of his cues that he always does. John Candy is at his best endearing. Like, it's just, the movie just doesn't work for me at all. It's forgettable. <laughs> um, I never found myself laughing at all. It's supposed to be a comedy for all intents and purposes. I think I laughed twice. Like, I know I'm going harsh on this. You really are. And, and we it, don't normally, I mean, obviously, if you've been listening to our episodes, you don't hear us very often go in on something harshly. Yeah, and again, it's nothing against anybody that loves this movie. Sometimes things just hit to other audiences. This is just one that did not hit with me. Now we've had two viewings of it, back-to-back years. One where I really sat down, because the one thing on this podcast I would like it to be is a positive, you know, podcast. I don't want to always, I don't want to come in negative, but I also want to be truthful. And I really sat down hoping to rewatch Planes, Trains, and Automobiles this year and come out and go, oh, I missed it the first time. I didn't quite, I wasn't in the right space, or I didn't get it, or it just didn't hit. Nope, that wasn't it. In fact, I started dozing off at one point. Oh, I did. I had to, like, I nudged you. Which, I mean, it's like Thanksgiving appropriate to start napping, but, like, I nudged you, and I'm like, oh, so he's not loving this anymore the second time he's seeing it. So I guess I throw it back to you. I'm gonna be the bad guy here um, for anybody, because I think what it's gonna be is the people that don't really like it are gonna go, okay. (laughs) And the people that love it are gonna, you know, vilify me a little bit. And that's fair, but uh, to you know, try to bring you down with my ship here. Um, <laughs> what is your feelings on it? Uh, so um, a little bit more positive than yours. So the interesting that thing makes me is, happy, actually. Um, so and 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 when I was taking notes, because I I won't lie, I was watching your reactions a little bit because I was curious if the second viewing would be different for you at all, and I realized a framing thing I had to do for myself. Cause I, and I will say this is not one of those movies that like ever really endeared itself to me in, in so far as like, Oh, I have to watch this every Thanksgiving because to me, the thing that I will say is the ultimate Thanksgiving movie is the wizard of Oz because it was the one time of year that the wizard of Oz was on television was always right before Thanksgiving. I forget if it was Thanksgiving Eve or Thanksgiving night and we would watch it every year. That's cool. So I, and it was, again, it's this cool thing because it's like when, you know, before you had access to like streaming services, it was like, oh, The Wizard of Oz is on. And, you know, my parents always had like, you know, any of like kind of like the home video equipment, you know, VCRs, like we had that stuff and we owned movies, but it, you know, it felt like an event cinema thing because it was going to be on TV and you would have access to it. So I don't have like a strong, like memory associated with this movie or any strong connection. I always recognize that a lot of like local cinemas always play this around Thanksgiving time because I think again like looking for that themey content. Yeah, I would so think you would know a little bit better. You've worked, you know, later with movie theaters and I think, you know, theming type programming I would guess is a bigger hit with audiences. Well yeah, right? repertory programming is something that like when you and I worked at 
Carmike because it was a chain, and this is before, like, you know, kind of your corporate movie theaters were doing any type of repertory program outside of Rocky You're Horror. right. That's something that picked up after our years. Yes, and in a really successful way. I think best done by independent art house cinemas. Agreed. Um, I always find those experiences to be a lot more genuine than, like, kind of your your corporate... I, or maybe that's because I'm on the cinema committee for an art house, <laughs> an art house cinema, so that's probably why. But, um, you know, so that's something, and, you know, that's very popular to show this, the, this film this time of year. And I think the thing that I was thinking, and I wrote this in my notes as I was re-watching this performance, I thought to myself, instead of looking for the comedy, looking for the things that endear it because it is a holiday movie, and when I look for those more sensitive moments, I got a lot more out of the movie. Okay. So, because there are, there are parts that make me chuckle. And I mean, all right, the thing to me, and I don't know if you feel this way, to me, the, one of the scenes that gets the biggest laughs is his tirade at the rental desk. Yes. When he has, he is, he is his most Steve Martin, yeah. smarmy, <laughs> sneering, like, you're so with him in his anger space, but no, he has gone so over the line in how he is expressing it. And that scene works so, so well. If nothing else, then for her follow-up line. But his performance that, like, from the moment the car is not there and the reaction, and I mean, you and I have had some travel blunders. Right. <laughs> and anyone who's had travel blunders, lost luggage, can't find something, you don't know where you're going, you so feel him in that moment, everything he's going through. And that movie, that moment to like me is... Like losing a car in Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> like losing a car... <laughs> Podcast fam, I'm not going to go into that story right now, but we definitely, quote unquote, lost our rental car in Ireland. That is another story for another time. But so and but that exact moment we've had now, yeah. granted, we did not, you know, unleash a tirade of ex- expletives at anyone. I've been on customer service end on the other side <laughs> of these types of things. So I see it from both ends. And that seems fantastic. And tell me you don't want to react the way she ever, does. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> So I think that scene's really great. I absolutely love when the son of the friend comes to pick them up to take them to the train station. Gus's and son. <laughs> that Gus's is, son. yes, those are my two, those are the only two scenes I laughed on the second viewing. Her first baby came out sideways. <laughs> Such yeah. a great scene. Also, that is a really good. Um, there's the a good guy. improvisation there because Steve Martin, I guess, famously was a germaphobe, and so to get a good reaction out of him, he had the actor like spit in his hand and then shake Steve Martin's hand. I guess then Steve Martin, after he, they got the reaction shot, like ran off to wash his hands. <laughs> That's the actor from um, Trick or Treat. Oh my gosh, I didn't even think yeah. about that. We have to find if he has a Christmas movie. That way he can be part of all of our <laughs> right. holidays this year. But that is a very funny, st- I mean, funny story. I, I, You know, those the story that you just said about John Hughes having him spit in his hand and, and shake the hand, like, it gets the great reaction. And at first you're like, that's a funny scene. And then you're kind of like, that's kind of horrible. That's it's like- kind of mean that you did that. <laughs> yeah, but... And during a pandemic, the whole movie feels horrifying. <laughs> so, but, you know, and then I'll say another scene that really, I love their reaction to the car being on fire. That makes me laugh <laughs> because it is, it is that total just broken moment. What else are you going to do but laugh? And I really like how they do that sequence. And, you know, we talked a little bit here about our love for John Candy, Steve Martin. And yes. I don't want that to be lost here because their performances, again, my dislike of the film has nothing to do with their performances. I think they're very good. And that to me, you saying that with the fire, their fight on the side of the road <laughs> yeah, there so great. is just the two of them at their best. Yes. Um, it's it's really, really good. So Well, because the magic isn't getting to see these two like comedic legends like interact with each other. And the thing I would say is like strongest, like you know, so we talked about like Steve Martin is really great at reacting to situations of stress, and that always is, I think, the strongest, you know, comedic performances we get for him throughout his career is like how he reacts to stress in these like very like in these ways in which I think we all would on you know, we're doing on the inside, but he like, you know, externalizes it. And I just think there's such like there's so many wonderful moments of John Candy's use of verbal irony, like all throughout the film. And I always feel like that's a thing that works really well for John Candy because he is so immediately endearing. So him getting to say things that are like, you know, then the complete like opposite of like what he's doing, it just works nicely. Cause you're not like, because you totally get why Steve Martin is so aggravated by him. But then you're like, I don't know. It's John Candy. Like, how can you be mad at him? (laughs) He is. He's so endearing during the movie. In fact, that was one of the things I kept watching and going, I don't know. 
uh, was it uh, Neil? Sorry, I'm, yeah, Neil. Neil, it's uh, Neil and Del. Neil, Steve Martin's character. I'm like, he's kind of a, just a jerk. Like, John Candy really, you know, as um, why was his name escaping? Del. Del. Del Griffith. Um, isn't really doing anything wrong. No, like, I there's mean, a couple of annoyances, but well, okay, all right now. So I have like misophonia. So like when he's like doing the cracking the neck and the slurping in the bed, I was like, I oh, was this is driving that. me yes, insane. I was thinking you might but have the same. <laughs> but all right, so here is one of those great endearing moments. Steve Martin goes on this tirade that I think very early in that tirade stops being comedic in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Like it, it maybe is funny for him to snap, and then it just gets mean. And John Candy's reaction, how he performs that, I wanted to cry. And I think that's the thing. When I was watching for those endearing John Candy moments, I was yeah. just loving this movie. Yeah. And it was just like filling me with like holiday glee because I was like, it's so sweet that he just ha- is approaches the world. Like, and I love how he sa- like says, like, I like who I am. Like, I, or I think later on he says, yeah, I talk a lot, but I listen a lot too. Like, it, yeah. he's just so sweet. He is. He is. And you have two just amazingly physical, comedic performers in this yes. movie. And then John Candy, like you said, it's all in the facial expressions. Um, you know, Steve Martin is obviously very exaggerated in his movements and mm-hmm. both just nail it. Now you keep saying something. Why? And I was going to talk about this later, but I'm going to get to it right now. What's that? You keep talking about this this holiday aspect to it. Yeah. This movie is not a holiday movie. Yes it is. This movie is no more a Thanksgiving movie than anybody that than Die Hard. Well, Die Hard is a holiday movie. <laughs> There's literally just a mention that it's around Thanksgiving. But it's all about wanting to get home. It's your found family because he finds his family. And then because like in my fantasy version, like Del Griffith moves in with like Neil. Like that's my fantasy version is that like that Neil and his wife just go like, you are now a part of our family. And it's about like finding Buddy the family. Elf. <laughs> yes. I, it's, I, I think it's got all of the holiday fine. feels. And I don't think you need, you know, we, we, we're, Talking about the upcoming episodes for the How Could You podcast. Yes. And next episode after this is going to be about your non, um, non-traditional holiday Christmas movies. You know, again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we're trying to bring it up again. It's a, those movies that it's just, it's based in Christmas, but it's not really, that's not the fo- That's how I feel about this one. This fact that this movie gets so boosted as the Thanksgiving movie and we never see really Thanksgiving dinner or anything like you show up on they show up on Thanksgiving I get it it's to get it's the culmination of getting to the holiday Thanksgiving movie than for your consideration Christopher Guest's movie okay that does not even count within this (laughs) argument no everything you're saying is invalid (laughs) because I think it's it's about finding family and togetherness and accepting people and like coming to terms in which how you interact with the world and, and how you process the holidays and, and kind of finding out what's true and most important. It has all of the thematics that work really well for a holiday film. There was no turkey. If you're a Thanksgiving movie, you need to have turkey. What if you're a vegetarian? Ha! <laughs> Tofurky. Well played. Yes. <laughs> well played. <Indeed. laughs> all right, so... We know that this doesn't necessarily hit for you, but you do love John Candy and yeah. you do love Steve Martin. Of course. I am gonna I'm putting you on the spot. Oh no. What are <laughs> what are your top three John Candy performances of all time? Top three? What list goes with three? <laughs> because otherwise you'll give us a top 19 and we don't have that kind of time. I, I can I have top five. You can have a top five, fine. Yes! One, I'm over. (laughs) (laughs) I figured we were going to start with a top ten. You know what's the funny thing about John Candy? We think of him so much as this, like, you know, bigger-than-life type actor. Everybody knows him. He's amazing. Like, I mean, who doesn't like John Candy, right? He doesn't have that many, like, he's the star. But I think that's why he works so well. He steals Yes, movies. exactly. I mean, absolutely. And that's a hard, that's what makes a top list for John Candy hard, because what do you list it as? Top 
five films? Do you list it as top five performances by John Candy? Because they're very different. If this is some sort of ploy for you get to go from a top three to a top five to a top ten. I promise, I'm not. But I just wanted to explain that with certain aspects. I, I ended up going with roles... I'm going with roles that are probably more... He's more prominent okay. in the film, with the exception of one, which you'll understand. So I'm going to go number one, Spaceballs. Okay, awesome sauce. Barf. Come on. Barf. I mean, again, he's not the star, not this but Lexus. that's such an ensemble that I think he's one of the leads. But I think he steals the movie. Yeah. Oh, yes. Head over fest. Definitely. Or sorry, foot over paw. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two... I'm actually going to go with Home Alone. Oh, nice. I mean... He is one of the best parts of that movie. He is the funniest part. He is the funniest part of the movie. He is one of those characters that... The Kenosha kickers. As I get older, I find him funnier. Like, every year, I feel like I'm laughing more at his character. But also so endearing, because he he gets what it means that he has to be home for the holiday. It's so There's a lot of Dell... In his character. There's a Venn and, yeah. diagram with the two of poka, them. Poka, poka, poka. <laughs> the poka kings. <laughs> Big in Kenosha. Yeah. Um, so I love him in that. Uh, great Outdoors. Oh, you do love Great so Outdoors. So good. So good. The old 96er. <laughs> um, he's amazing in that. Uh, four, I'm going to go with Brewster's Millions. Okay. He plays Spike. Um Again, secondary character to uh, Richard Pryor, but he's so prominent in it and so funny. And then number five, I'm going to go Cool Runnings. Um, nice. Because, you know, the movie is so Disney-fied. It's cheesy in its own right, but it's so loving. You, like, yes. you just feel good watching that movie. So, and my honorable mention is Armed and Dangerous, which nobody ever talks about. <laughs> and there it is, folks. A top five quickly turned to a top six. <laughs> Well, I'm going to stick by my own rules, and I'm going to give my top three. All right. There's obviously a lot of overlap. So my number one is Spaceballs. That's why I reacted with very big hand gestures when you said that, because I was like, I knew our our number one was probably going to be the same. I just love that performance so much, um, and I love that movie. quote it endlessly. My number two is Cool Runnings. Yeah. I have a very, like, like, again, it's a very special place in my heart, and and I know it's not accurate, but I just really love that movie. Yeah, it's just good. My favorite scene with him in that movie, it's one of those just, you talk about this a lot with Tom Hanks in that thing you do, where there's just a moment. It's the briefest Mm -hmm. moment most people would probably think too much of it but it just hits with you my moment with that and john candy is after they've brought back down they've walked down with the sled and they go to put it down and and he comes up and he sees the team and he just gets this face of pride before he pulls him in the hug hits me in the heart every single time y'all can't see but i'm literally getting water i know exactly the moment you're talking about oh my god have i hit the age where john candy doesn't make me laugh but he makes me weep instead (laughs) Or maybe it's just 2020 and how I'm processing John Candy. I'm not sure. Um, My number three is Stripes. Yes, Ox. Yeah. So good. So fantastic. Somewhere John Andrews is yelling at me for not putting that on my <laughs> as, list. As he should be, because Stripes is such a Can phenomenal you, movie. I think he's great in that movie. The problem to me is, you know, you got Bill Murray... And Harold Ramis and PJ Souls that just yeah, so it steals it for you. My honorable mention because I did have one was Home Alone because again I do I love that 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 performance is so great. I honestly want to find that jacket for you and make you wear it. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. It'd be so unfortunate but so great at the same time. You know, talking about these with him, like he's so good because we don't even talk about Splash. You know, where he's so right in it. Vacation. I mean, again, a five-minute scene, but who doesn't remember? Sorry, folks, parts closed. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it's just he's... Moose out front, should have told you. (laughs) Little Shop, he's got about a two-minute scene. That's right, he is a Little Shop. And he's a fun... Summer Rental. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Summer Rental is a great pairing with The Great Outdoors. Yes. You want to hit your summer, that's a good pairing right there. But that's the thing is, and I think, again, kind of like what we're talking about with all these performances, and I think this is like the, the great thing about John Candy, is there is so much in there that you're like... This is very funny and you're making me laugh, but there's so much heart. And even in, and I think he takes people that otherwise could be seen as like outcasts or annoying or kind of odious and somehow brings them into a space where you end up loving them. Like almost like, you know, kind of encouraging us all, you know, wrap your arms around the people that you might find kind of out there and annoying and bring them close to because they are like the most wholesome people you're ever going to know. Yes. And I think John Candy teaches us that over and over and over again. He just, yeah, he just... 
you wanted to know him and give him a hug. Well, when he's cuddling Steve Martin in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I'm like, I want to be cuddled by John Candy. Let me get your big barrows around <laughs> me, friend. Like he's my so- brother calls me Uncle Buck in our all family all the time. Yeah. Which you know, I still I tried to figure out whether that was a compliment. Or We're gonna take that as a compliment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it all. Take as a, as a I'm compliment. Own it. You know, we have you know amazing nieces and nephews that I absolutely love being. So I say you take that moniker. They're quirky uncle too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now I'll ask you. So obviously the other half of the dynamic duo in this film. So what are some of your top Steve Martin roles? I'm gonna throw it at you first. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. So um, this was very easy for me. I did a top three. I was like very strict with myself about this. So I'm gonna go in reverse order. So my number three is Parenthood. Nice. Which I know how much you love that movie. <laughs> and again, like, it's kind of Steve Martin at his very Steve Martininiest. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he works so well in that movie. My number two, and this movie takes me back. And if anyone says that this is not funny and hilarious and makes you want to fall on the floor, I don't understand who you are as a human being. And that is The Three Amigos. <laughs> I... <laughs> I watched that movie, that VHS. I think I burned a hole in That's it. That's really funny. Because it's such a funny movie. And I, like, want to do, like, the whole, like, hip movement thing, like, right now. I love that movie. And here's the... I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so maybe if I watch it now, it would make me laugh as much. But I feel like I have, like, a lot of heavy nostalgia See, for the movie Three this Amigos. this is what I love about our relationship. What's that, You Lenny? know what? We have this amazing relationship that I'm so proud of. But I still learn things. I did not know you were such a Three Amigos Did you fan. not know that I about... Oh, my gosh. I love that movie so yeah. much. Hey, you, know what? you want to know a secret? Yeah. I've never seen it. <gasps> what? <laughs> right. How could you not have seen The Three Amigos? <laughs> All right, let's make that for another time. <laughs> All right, hard pause because we will be doing that in the new year. <laughs> yeah, I did not know. But that's cool. That's very cool. I like it. I'm I'm upset, but we Martin also now get Short, to watch right? Martin Short, Chevy Chase, and Steve Martin. Gotcha. Yeah. What else could you want in a movie? <laughs> okay, we are going to be watching that. My number one, although I'm still pretty shooketh from the last thing you just said, <laughs> my number one is Father of the Bride. So this is uh, yeah, um, so this is a remake um, of Father's Little Dividend from you know so with um, oh gosh. Spencer Tracy. Sorry, the name was flying out of my head. Um, Steve Martin is so great in that movie. He's like. A perfect, like, loving, doting dad. He plays beautifully against Diane Keaton. It's just an amazing movie. It's very, very funny. But again, like, and I think, and obviously I think we can kind of see my bent with comedy. It's like a comedy with a lot of heart, and it's such a great movie, and I could watch that. And that's, like, one of those movies, if it's on, I'll stop and watch it because it's on. And it's just, like, it's right. such... And I don't, I don't warm as much to the sequel, but the, although I still think it's great, but the first one is so, so amazing. Yeah. I knew you were a huge fan of that. Yeah. Um, and I remember enjoying it enough. I I think I wasn't the right age bracket with it. It it didn't, nothing against it. I think it's probably a great, it's a great movie. It's one probably I need to revisit. You know, so that's awesome because no, I know I you talk about it a it. lot. Yeah, I do because I really love it. There's a great like scene with it where so the wedding planner's name is Frank, and then that's actually the name of the wedding planning center at the Grand Floridian in Disney World is named after his boutique in Father of the Bride. You know, I don't think Disney owns the movie. I'm very confused why that actually is, but it is. I, I confirm this why it's named that. So, um, so Disney must have some people. Although they own everything at this point. All right. So, what about you? What are some of your favorite Steve Martin performances? You're still getting a top five. For me. Of course I am. And I'll go in reverse order for you. No, yeah. Um, I know one of them. I, I think you're going to be surprised by my list. Actually. Oh, really? I think you are. I'm curious. What is one of them? Well, it's it's definitely the jerk because you always laugh at the can scene. I do. I do. And you I do. You're like, that. why is someone so mad at these cans? I know I'm butchering the line, but you always laugh at that scene. That movie is extremely, extremely funny. Is and it I not on your it list? It isn't. And that's just a testament to Steve Martin. Okay. All right. This I want to hear. This is kind of like me leaving, again, vacation off of John Candy's yeah, list. Yeah, I getcha. Amazing, hilarious movie, but I just... Yeah. Um, honorable mention, I'm going with Little Shop. He's so zany and yeah, he's so good he's in that. Yeah, he's so good in that. Number so five, demented. I think you're going to be surprised. What? And probably The Jerk should have probably been my number five, but I love uh, Cheaper by the Dozen. I actually, oh, I really like that, that movie. movie. I, it, yeah, I don't know Again, why. Again, it's a remake, but it works really yeah. well as a remake. Yeah. Number four, but a lot of people don't know this movie, Novocaine. Ah. <sighs> 
I've not seen that. It's, and that's, I've heard that's you not talk a about how it. could you, so nobody needs to worry. <laughs> you don't need to worry. We won't be doing an episode on that, but I really recommend it. Helen Benet Carter and him, and it's just really good, and I love him in it. Didn't get a lot of great reviews, middle kind of the road, but. Yeah. Um, number three, Shop Girl. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, one of his more serious performances. Yes. And then you're going to get number two for me is going to run into that same thing Leap of Faith. Love the movie Leap of oh, Faith. He is so incredibly good in oh that movie. Oh my gosh, movie. I forgot about that performance. Um, again, one of those movies, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. He is just so good. He plays a, a televangelist um, who, you know, is a little shady, but then runs into a family that he can't figure out whether he's actually helped them or not. And it's kind of playing. It's just, he's so good. It's a more serious role for him. There's some comedy, but it, on the most part, it, it's, it's pretty straight, pretty dr- dramatic. And then number one, you already touched upon it, is Parenthood. Yeah. That movie is like a quintessential movie in my household. <laughs> yeah. We quote it all the time. My sister Jelena and I are always quoting that movie. He is so hilarious in it. His balloon scene that he does, you know, where he's like, it's the lower intestine. Like, <laughs> um, you know, and then his flashback scenes. <laughs> Friends, stop. Even slow down. Or not flashback, but dream sequences about his son, about what he's got, they're going to be like. Yeah. He is just so funny. And that's another movie that's drawn. Ron Howard, it's more dramatic, but it's very, very funny. And that yeah. cast is amazing. And, and he le- is the lead in it, and he is just outstanding. Yeah. Good list. Yeah. Solid list. So circling back to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, particularly in, about this movie, given that maybe it's not one of your favorites, but anything else you wanted to bring up? I'm going to give you Ryan's random thoughts. Oh, here, I okay? love this. Is this because a new segment? This, this is a new segment. This is just Ryan's thoughts that have no cohesion at all. <laughs> First is that title card. Loved it. So aggressive. It's very loud. It's just, it made me laugh. It's probably the third thing that made me laugh in the entire movie. <laughs> Love that you get that perfect 80 sleaze New York right off the bat, right? That grimy <laughs> 80s. Also, very relatable if you've ever tried to hail a cab during the holiday time right? in New York. It is like that. <laughs> How about we haven't even touched upon... Kevin Bacon. Okay, I love that Kevin Bacon scene so, so much. I love how it's shot. I love the quick reactions, like the like shot versus shot between their eyes, and it gets like intensely closer, and then they run. And Steve Martin's got this great, really hilarious run. I don't know if that's how he actually runs or if it's intentional. That whole sequence is so great. I was thinking about that because his run is so hilarious. It's like a, like, he's like yeah, high-stepping. So like, it's weird. I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or like you said, just his run. I'm going to say it's intentional. Because it looks like a run that, you know, he would have done in one of his other... <laughs> yes. Um, question though for you about this Kevin Bacon character. Yes. So later in the movie... The ma- the wife is watching a movie, which is she's, she's having, having a baby, baby. Yes. starring Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. So Cameo is Steve of- Martin running away from Kevin Bacon? Oh, is that supposed to be well, Kevin because, Bacon? So John Candy has a cameo in that film, but it's his character from Uncle Buck. Okay, isn't so. is it Uncle Buck or Great Outdoors is supposed to be? Because it's one of those one of those two characters is actually who the Great Outdoors. It's the Great Outdoors. It's, the great outdoors. it's who he's playing yes. in that movie. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> well, because there's another weird world connection because the house that so Neil's house that you see at the end of the movie. Looks very similar to the McAllister house. It's not the it's same not? house. No, hold on. I, I, but okay. Fun connection. It's one town over. So That's still interesting me because that was a question. One of my rando question or thoughts was I was going to ask you. Did you know if that was the home alone? No, house? it's not. I looked it up because it was the one I saw. It I was like that looks like the McAllister house. No, but it's actually a house that's one town over, and. The car that they get, the rental car that John Candy gets, is supposed to be modeled after the car from National Lampoon's Vacation. That's why it's the metallic P. Well, I was going to say, okay, yes. Well, that's the Hughes-verse, right? The Hughes-verse. Yes. Yeah. Because the Hughes-verse in this movie, I was laughing, you have Kevin Bacon. Yeah. You have uh, Ben Stein has yeah. a very brief <laughs> moment. You have the car. Yeah. I thought the Home Alone house, but that evidently is that's not. close. Uh, you have Mr. Rooney's secretary. She's yes. the one that's playing behind. John Candy, Steve Martin, obviously, and other mm-hmm. films. Ferris Bueller's dad's in it right at, at the beginning of the movie. That's right. He's the co-worker, right? <laughs> yes. They're watching She's Having a Baby in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, very... Kind worlds of, colliding. Uh, a lot of worlds colliding there. 
Did you know that this was supposed to be a three and this there's a three and a half hour cut of this film? Uh, you're wrong. It's three hours and forty minutes. <laughs> first cut of the movie. Some type of torture? Or... <laughs> so they got it down to, what, two hours, and then got it down to another yes. hour and a half. Which explains a couple of scenes in this movie that they start referencing things that did not happen in the movie. Like why Steve Martin has a black eye in one of the scenes, but they never <laughs> right. like explain how he got it. It's supposed to be the truck driver supposed to punch him. Oh my gosh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. Now, apparently, when John Hughes was still with us, he had said that all of the footage he believes at this point, it would be like the quality of the film stock would be too degraded to actually put it together, but he's like, it would take years to actually put it back together in its original cut. As someone who has trouble sleeping, maybe that would be a good thing. We should could put that together. You are very snarky I in your know, random I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm being a little <laughs> over the top, no, but I apologize. This is probably a very different movie with cell phones, though, right? <laughs> well, and you know, so that is interesting you bring that up because there is a remake coming out. Interesting. Um, so the remake, it was announced in August. This is being remade with Will Smith and Kevin Hart. Oh, interesting. Okay. And it's being it's it's penned by Aisha Carr who writes for the TV show Woke and is a producer and writer on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh. So I have amazingly high hopes for yeah, this movie. Definitely. One because immediately I can totally see Will Smith and Kevin Hart in those roles. So I'm guessing Kevin Hart's playing more the Dell character? That's my guess. Yeah. I don't think that's been announced as of yet from the last articles I read. Well, wasn't this movie essentially remade with Robert Downey Jr. and Zach, Zach Galifianakis a couple of years ago? It wasn't a remake, though. It was very similar. Okay. Because, you know, it's that quirky travel, like, you know, uh, strangers thrown together, yeah. you know, situation, which has been done a lot in film or, like, quirky travel adventures in general. But I would say this is being very deliberate that it is a remake. And right. I completely agree with what you're already predicting. I wonder how this plays in our age where it where you have cell phones, where you have a different access to the technology. I'd be curious to see what the planes, trains, and automobiles version of this looks like in in you know the 21st century. Well, something in during the movie, I'm like, Neil's family just still continues on, assuming he's gonna get there for Thanksgiving. I love how you only get these like reaction shots of like the wife like like sleeping, yeah. and I'm like, I have to assume that there's I would more have sent out the National Guard. Like <laughs> I would have I would have driven to find you. I would have been so racked with worry. And I love that she, I mean, they really give her nothing to do in the movie. She just, oh my God, she no. just reacts. Absolutely with it. not. Yeah. What are some of your other random thoughts? Um, no, I think that's pretty it. Um, you know, I'd probably steal that Roy Orbison painting towards the end of the movie in the hotel. Oh my gosh, hotel. can we get that Roy Orbison painting? <laughs> yes. That would be my new favorite Thanksgiving decoration. And I do have to say, you know, I've been very harsh on the movie. There's a lot here. And again, I go yes. back to if people love this movie, I'm totally down for it. And every there's an emotional impact at the end. When he comes when Steve Martin comes back to the train station and you get that with John Candy. That is so rough. It is. It is. And you feel all of that. So yes. for that reason, I, I'm being overly harsh and unfair to it because there are so many good moments. I think maybe it's just, yeah, like I said, it didn't hit for me, but I totally get why people love it. And that scene goes back to what you said the emotional impact of a holiday movie and that's what you want so you've won me over on it being a thanksgiving Ooh, holiday mean, movie which makes me also want to go back to holiday movies you and i did not talk about two of our staple thanksgiving movies because neither of them are thanksgiving movies what? oh i'm you know you got March of the Wooden Soldiers. Oh my gosh. At, at Laurel and Hardy. Oh, you are so, we watch that every Thanksgiving morning. Yes. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's something we both took from our families, right? Yeah, we always watched it on Thanksgiving yeah, morning. Yeah, mine was the a parade. huge thing with my dad. We watched it every yeah. morning and a Thanksgiving morning in my family. I'm almost positive my family, uh, like my sister's families, and my I'm not sure about my brother's family, but they all watch it in the morning. Yeah. Like, the turkey doesn't come or the, the fixings, if you're not into turkey, do not come unless you have, you know, the bogeyman. The bogeyman and the soldiers <laughs> get in the bogeyman right Oh, yeah. And then oh, I completely forgot about that. You and I both came in, when we got to our relationship, we both took a Christmas movie and made it a staple of Thanksgiving for our reasons, which is Home Alone. Yes. Bring it back to John Hughes. Yes, we watch Home Alone every Thanksgiving night. Every- once, once we've... You know, we get into Christmas jammies, we eat pumpkin pie, yeah, and we sit down and we watch Home Alone. Do you have... What's your reasoning that that's a Thanksgiving movie? Do you have a reason? I think, honestly, and I 
don't know why in particular, but I think because we started doing that, and to me now, I just so heavily oh, okay. associated. So you didn't have that necessarily association before me. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. No, oh, no. Okay. I mean, to me, it was a Christmas movie, but it now is. because it's totally a Christmas movie. And, yeah, and I think for you and I now, it's fun because it becomes this kickoff to Christmas. Yeah, and, and the score in that just fills you with the Christmas yeah. vibes. The movie. <laughs> I mean, the movie's fun to pick apart with how absurd aspects of it are and how uh-uh. terrible it's the family realistic. is. But it does. gives you all the feels. Like, for me, it's such a... It became a Thanksgiving staple because for big for my family, we would go over to my aunt and uncle's, my uncle Mike and my aunt Bunny's house for Thanksgiving. We would have Thanksgiving dinner there. We'd play categories, all these games. <laughs> and the one year when Home Alone came out... Our cousin Chris, my brother Pat, my sister Jolene, my sister Erica, all of us went to the movie theater that night Aww. and went to see Home Alone. And I thought that was the coolest thing as a kid. Like, one, I thought it was so neat that we went to the movies on yeah, a holiday. Course, yeah. Like, that seemed like really, like, I don't know, like crazy, but it was so much fun. And I remember just being there with my whole family and us just laughing hysterically. And so it was, to me, it's always the Thanksgiving movie because of that. And then I'm so happy to know that that's become the tradition with you and I. Yeah, and I only know it to be because it's our tradition of, like, that's what we do on Thanksgiving. Yeah, definitely. Because that's, John Hughes becomes this huge nest staple, right? Because you got Home Alone and you got Christmas Vacation. Yeah, and for a lot of people, planes, trains, and automobiles. And, oh, yes, I'm sorry, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> now, if you were, so obviously we you know there's a, a remake coming out. If you were recasting planes, trains, and automobiles, which I'm sure feels like a formidable task, how would you recast? Oh my God, I know what you're about to do. There are two perfect people to make this movie. <laughs> Dell is going to be played <laughs> by Ben Schwartz. Oh my God. <laughs> and Neil is going to be played by Bill Hader. There was no question about it. <laughs> Done. Boom. Back it in. <laughs> Let's have dueling movies with Will Smith and <laughs> Kevin Hart. I literally, I didn't see it coming until he, like, you got, like, a Grinch smile on your face, like, the corners of your mouth. I want to ask you a question, though. Yeah. Think about it and tell me it wouldn't work. Oh, no, it'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. No, it would so work. They would play off of each other so well. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, well done on your recasting. Listen, people, I'm not doing this as some joke. I'm doing this because these are the roles that these people (laughs) should play. (laughs) And you feel very committed to those two actors. (laughs) Uh, So upcoming for the podcast, as Ryan has already forecasted, we're going to be doing some holiday programming throughout December. We have three episodes in December, uh, two that are of a holiday variety themed, and one about, you know, a wrap-up of 2020 in film and movies that came out this year and highlights and lowlights. Obviously, it's been a weird year for cinema, but we're going to be breaking down some of our favorites from this year. So we're going to, yeah, we're going to forego for at least the month of December the gaps in film knowledge. Oh, but the gaps will come back with a revenge come come January. January. Because we have some programming planned up that I think is going to be surprising for people, including maybe at some point next year, The Three Amigos, (laughs) just so I can make you watch it. that might be coming. If you aren't already following us on Instagram, you can follow us at at HowCouldYouPodcast on Twitter at HowCouldYouPod. You can always email us suggestions or comments at howcouldyoupodcast at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening. Mask up. Stay safe. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy all the delicious foods. Enjoy football if that's your thing. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And until next time, enjoy the Odyssey. (laughs) 